Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm solo here in the studio on Labor Day weekend. Yes, to all of you out there listening, YSO listeners and fans, happy Labor Day. I hope you're enjoying the day off. Hope you're on the way to the golf course or perhaps at the range hitting some balls listening to this or on your way home from the golf course on what was an enjoyable round of golf on the holiday. I'm here solo because I can only assume that Jay Till and Scott are at the golf course right now as well. So shocker there. But it is Labor Day, right? And those guys, they deserve their day off. So we're not in the studio together recording a pod today. Somewhat light on golf right now, given that we're changing over uh, in between seasons, right? Tour Championship last week, getting ready to roll over into a new season in a couple weeks. Ryder Cup not that far away. For us here at the YSO Podcast, closing out Season 2, getting ready to start Season 3. And so we thought, what better way than to still get in some content for you here on this three-day holiday week? weekend um, than to put together a clip show, right? We've got enough episodes in the can. We've got enough crazy moments that have taken place here over the last 12 months or so that uh, we thought, hey, we'll go back and relive some of our more enjoyable moments from recording the pod, from interviews, from some of the fun stuff that we've gotten to do over the last 12 months, put it together here in a clip show to, I guess, officially, unofficially close out season two turn the page over to season three whenever we're back in the studio live next week. But before we get to our favorite clips of the year, of course, we've got to show some love and say a very special thank you to our sponsor. And of course, that is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar, right? The YSO podcast championed by Chalk there at 1324 West Memorial Road in Chisholm Creek Plaza. You can follow them on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. Again, a bit of a lull right now for golf, but we've got college football kicking off, right? Cowboys, Sooners, big wins on the opening weekend. We've got NFL action getting ready to start. Preseason's over with. Hard knocks, last episode. Who's going to make the team for the Lions? Who's not? Coming up this week, and so we'll turn our attention to the NFL this weekend as well. And, of course, there is no better place to watch all the sports Enjoy some good beverages and enjoy some great food. Always the favorite. That is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Okay, set the stage for the first clip here. You guys know we love us some JT on this podcast, right? And I'm talking, of course, I'm talking about RJT, Jonathan Till. And we also enjoy making fun of him whenever he has a boo-boo from time to time. And so Lord knows he doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes, but when he does, rest assured that Scooter and I are there to pounce on him whenever he does. And so I'm going to take you all the way back to April for this one. We were recapping the Zurich. We were recapping the Big 12 Women's Golf Championships. And JT left us with a nugget that will last forever. And uh, we really enjoyed this one. And we wear it out in the text threads for sure. So uh, take it away, JT. Yes. Absolutely. All right. College golf, Jay Till, get you back in your environment ooh, 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 here, my ooh, friend. Ooh, ooh, so ooh. let's start with the ladies. Ladies first, right? Big 12 Women's Championship took place down in Houston, I believe Hockley, Texas, just outside of Houston at Houston Oaks. And um, Oklahoma State, you know, had a, had a decent showing, but one cowgirl in particular had a great showing. Liana Bailey really has had to step up over the last couple of months as there have been some defections from the Cowgirl Golf Squad. 
and good to see her get it done. You know, I, I was surprised, to be honest with you, that she was uh, kind of the bell horse of of the ball here and got off to a pretty shaky start. In fact, wait, hold uh, hold, hold on, hold on. What is bell horse of the ball? Bell, what, well, what, yeah, what, that's, that's golf terminology. Uh, that's a technical term. What are we bell, talking about? Bell cow. Bell cow, bell, cow, Sorry, bell horse. Bell cow. <laughs> Dogs and cats I, living I mixed, together. Mass hysteria. Mixed metaphors here. Let's not take the focus off of oh lovely Liana Bailey. Who, Tremendous performance. Despite a final round 77. Yeah, she was leaking oil coming into the final Despite final a final round 77. Hoist medalist honors at the Big 12 Women's Championship at two over par total for three rounds. Liana Bailey gets it done as the individual champion. Again, she has had to really shoulder a big part of the load uh, left behind by Isabella Fierro and Kaylee McGinty, who obviously transferred mid-semester. So great for young Mrs. Bailey. Unfortunately, not quite enough to allow OSU to repeat as Big 12 champions as they fall. They made a valiant effort, uh, made up six strokes in the final round over the eventual champions, University of Texas, but UT does win the Big 12 at plus 24 over three rounds of play. Ah, yes, your, your favorite bell horse of the ball there, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jonathan Till, the bell horse of this podcast uh, absolutely no doubt about it. Now, there was, there was some, a lot of editing, I should say, that went into that because we had to stop about five times because Till and Scott had the giggles throughout that entire podcast. So I had to put more work into that podcast to clean it up and tighten it up than perhaps uh, more than the others because, as you guys know, we, we usually riff and um, we're just talking off the cuff and there's not a ton of editing that goes into it. But the guys had to call timeout on multiple occasions uh, after Till's utterance there and, uh, more importantly, Scott calling him out on it. So, yeah, definitely one of the more memorable moments uh, from this golf season, for sure, at least uh, in the studio. So hope you enjoyed that one as well. All right, let's move on to the next clip now. So over the last year, we have been super fortunate to have just a, a ton of amazing guests. I uh, have had a lot of great interviews, and we'll spread a lot of those out uh, over this clip show here uh, for the Labor Day holiday. But uh, one of the most interesting an intriguing guest that I think that we've had on the podcast uh, was Foster McCune from the Golfer's Journal. So Scooter, Till, went up to Boiling Springs, right? We always give a shout out to our man Jeff Wagner up in Woodward and the amazing work that he's done at that. It's not really a hidden gym anymore. I mean, everybody knows about it now. Um, course up there, Boiling Springs, Golfer's Journal comes into town. They bring the Sprinter van, right? And all the uh, accoutrements, if you will, that go along with that. Scott and JT were fortunate enough to get up uh, to Boiling and play in that event way back in April. And then a few months later, we were able to get Foster on the podcast and talk to him not only about that event, but uh, just life on the road, some really cool stories from um, his relatively short tenure with the uh, the Golfer's Journal now. And Foster, amazing storyteller for, for such a young guy, right? And, you know, kind of reminding JT and Scoots that, uh, you know, this guy's kind of living the dream, so to speak, right? You're traveling across the country, living in this tricked out van, playing amazing courses, interviewing amazing people. And uh, man, that guy's, that guy's got it going on at such a very young age. And so wanted to share a few clips 
if you will, from that episode. That was episode 105 from right around the 4th of July that JT and Scott had their interview with Foster McCune. So I think you'll enjoy these, and I think you'll remember some of these as well because these are some of the more famous stories, if you will, that uh, that Foster has shared um, on his podcast and other podcasts regarding his time with the Golfer's Journal. So here we go. JT, Scott, talking with the Golfer's Journal's Foster McCune. We've given the van some love. The celebrity status of the van has been hit. Let's talk about some stories on the road. I think JT hit on it. Uh, we want to hear some stories from the road. Uh, let's do a little like, oh, let's do a timeline. Let's get it. Let's start from the kind of the be- 2021. Give cool. us a t- story from the road in 2021. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, day one, which is the funniest thing to me, um, I basically operate on a, uh, it's the most organized uh, Google spreadsheet you could imagine. Um, it's oh, you're David. talking right up Teal's alley. Yes, uh, God, so this, this, up. I just six to midnight talking about Excel spreadsheets. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I'll share it with you. It's pretty. Um, <laughs> it's basically a day by day itinerary. Um, that, yeah, I don't follow to a T, but it's basically I submit it in January and I say, like, it's got the day of the week, what I'm doing that day, where I'm staying, where the van is, if I have to fly somewhere what the point of the day is and if everything is taken care of. So like if lodging is set up, if um, there's a story that day, if there's an event that day, if it's all taken care of and there's a, it slowly updates. And so it was funny. I went back in last year's and it's so much less comprehensive than this year's, but it's still comical to look back on. And uh, I forgot about day one, which is arguably maybe Casey and I's best day together. Um, because we left our apartment. Um, so it was May 18th of 2021. And we went north to Monterey. And basically we were going to, the next day we were playing um, Monterey Peninsula with a close, close member of ours. But the night before, um, we have a, a close friend from D.C. actually who was connecting us with a, basically a big restaurant tour in town. And we, were, we didn't think much of it, but we were just going to do a podcast with him. He's kind of the... Uh, the savant of, of Monterey, you know, it's an interesting town in terms of people that pr- actually like pick up their lives and choose to live there. Oh, yeah. um, unless your name is Clint Eastwood or, you know, Jim Nance, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of weird that you live in Monterey, California, <laughs> <laughs> but we show up or no, no, we don't even show up. We're cruising up day one. And, uh, Casey gets a call from our buddy in, uh, in dc and he goes don't fuck this up and we're like uh, oh boy <laughs> like what's up <laughs> and uh so we found out that uh we instead of just ted being our podcast uh guest he was going to be joined by leon panetta who is cia director under obama um i believe uh, cia director under clinton and then into his a scandal as his chief of staff. So he's seen just about everything. Talk about stories from the road. <laughs> um, and so we started. Yeah. So Casey's sitting in the front all of a sudden he's sitting in the back because he's scrambling um, to like kind of shift what he's going to ask, you know? And uh, basically we get to this restaurant in, um, in Monterey, which is called the sardine factory. And you can go back and listen to the podcast. It's one of the best podcasts we've ever done. 
and it's uh, we basically go down into this uh, wine cellar where the guys I previously mentioned, Clint Eastwood, Jim Nance, um, they all have wine lockers and all this stuff. And it's this like medieval looking uh, wine cellar with massive kind of king chairs with a long, uh, they probably cut down a redwood and it's been there for years. Yeah. And um, we're sitting there. I'm like, this is day one. Like, what the <laughs> fuck am I going to do? The rest of it? <laughs> I, got 100, I got 160 days of this. Like, how is anything going to top this? And uh, honestly, the, the, uh, you know, Casey's an unbelievable producer, unbelievable podcast host when he's um, the guy behind the mic. But um, so I didn't even give that any thought. I was like, this is going to go brilliantly. I'm sitting there. And uh, our host at Monterey Peninsula the night the the, day, the next day was going to join us for dinner, and uh, I was like, "Oh fuck, Max! Max has no idea what we're doing right now." And so I had to check my I hadn't checked my phone because we're down in this like cellar, and no service. All right. So I run upstairs and like we're thirty minutes behind like our dinner residue because originally just Casey, Max, and I was going to eat dinner at this place after the podcast, and. Uh, so they're wrapping up the pot. I run upstairs and they had just invited us to dinner. And these guys are wearing like buttoned up suits. Like they look so good. Casey and I are in like golfer journal sweaters with, with cop. Well, like, Oh, we have collars on underneath. <laughs> we look nice. But I run upstairs. I'm like, Hey Max, uh, you have 15 seconds to prepare, uh, for the fact that you're about to eat dinner with Leon Panetta. And so good luck. And he's, <laughs> he's in flip flops and, you know, a pullover. And he's like, I'm running out to the car. I got, I got work clothes in the car. He goes, changes. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, long story short, we, it was like one of the best dinners you could possibly imagine. Like the restaurant is unbelievable. And we're sitting with arguably one of the most powerful guys in the world um, that you wouldn't necessarily recognize on the street unless you're a kind of political buff. Um, but just the stories he had. And I mean, these guys there, you know, they play Cyprus whenever they want and they're like 25 handicaps and, and they don't, and they don't care. You know, they're just like, we like going out there cause it's beautiful and it's our friends. And, but they, it was cool to hear them kind of talking it. It set the tone. Um, and I'm always pretty grateful for, for the moments like that, where if you're friendly and um, back to that good nature aspect like good things are going to happen um, if you're running in the right circles. And that was day one. That uh, that's, that's a pretty amazing tone setter. I mean, both for your, <laughs> yeah. for your life on the road, but also just for kind of talking about these stories and, you know, you take us from this kind of high end experience with high end folks and wine cellars in Monterey to, uh, to the cart barn uh, at Aaron Hills, Caddy Barn at Aaron Hills. Oh, yes, yes, good one. Um, so I rewind back to fall of 2020 when I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do in my life, and um, I'm in remote school. And Casey told me, you know, I'm going out to Sand Valley and Aaron Hills, and um, I'm basically working on some content and talking to them about some events. Like, you basically need to come if you're going to work with us and learn from the ground up. I was like, okay, like twist my arm. Sure. <laughs> Which I had the power to do. It was one of those things where I, I'm in, you know, I'm a product of COVID again and uh, school was all online. So I was like, no problem. I'm there. And uh, we met a fellow at Aaron Hills named Rich talk, who if you have the honor of meeting rich, you will not be disappointed. Um, he's won just about any senior um, 
amateur kind of honor trophy you can imagine, um, especially in the state of Wisconsin. Um, great dude, shoots his age like it's nothing and just lights it up. Um, but we, we became good friends with him because he's a snowbird out to uh, Palm Springs in the winters as well. So we play a lot of golf with him. And this year, um, I can't remember, I think I pressed him on like 16 or something the day before. And he's all pissed off because he, he beat me overall, but I beat him in a press or something at the end. He always pays his bets. And he was like, all right, well, we have to play ping pong. I was like, oh, okay, Rich. <laughs> Why do you want to play me in ping pong? He was like, just, we have to. Like, he just, his competitive juices were flowing. So he's like, meet me here tomorrow at 10 a.m. This is, uh, so that was a Friday. This is going into Saturday. And uh, we wake up and we roll into like the pro shop kind of check-in area. And this girl pulls me aside and was like, you're Foster, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah. She was like, Rich Talk hasn't come in on a Saturday in his whole career at Aaron Hills. So like, don't mess this up. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, go into his, go into his office. So I get into his office and there's a note, like big handwritten note. And it's like, Foster, I'll see you at 10. Like, don't be late. And it was next to a ping pong paddle of his face. <laughs> like this dude is the funniest guy I've ever met. And I show up to people are like blown away that this guy's going to come in on a Saturday to play me in ping pong. And so we go down to the caddy barn and there's a full audience. I mean, it was like, it was like a monumental day in Aaron Hill's history. And, uh, <laughs> but it was just, and we had so much fun. I mean, he's, he's a hilarious dude. He's so competitive. But it's just one of those things where that was, so that was July of 2021. And so that's not even six months into my career there. And it felt like, you know, five, six years in the making, where it's like, that's just a, that's just another thing on the, on the belt to, to talk about. But when you look back and you get a moment like this to like recount those stories and you're like, that is so cool that Rich went out of his way to do that, to play me in ping pong in such a like, you know, kind of mundane thing. But it's like I could roll into into Milwaukee any day of the week and go out to dinner with Rich, pick Rich's brain on on the golf world, pick his brain on the real world. Uh, it's stuff like that where these guys take a liking to you if you're, once again, a good-natured, kind of well-to-do without being pompous and cocky about it. It's like we just became friends with him because he liked what we were producing and we ended up getting to spend – quality time with him. So I think it's a, it's a good Testament of like the littlest things and we're, we're a detail oriented company, but it's like the littlest things can take you the longest ways. I think it's hilarious that like the first two stories both had a don't screw this up uh, moment in both of them. Right. It's like, (laughs) are you guys getting to do things where it's like, Oh my gosh, you you know who these people are? Don't mess this up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would have to say though, I have to ask, who won the ping pong match? Um, I beat Rich. Oh, he man. Did. What did he oh, challenge you to that. then? That he's running out of sports. Well, I don't take ping pong lightly. It's like <laughs> I played in, I played all my buddies in high school all the time. It's like, yeah. Rich, you're barking up the wrong tree, my man. There's no handicaps in ping pong either. So Normally, sure. normally, if you grow, you know, you're around a soccer locker room or a baseball locker room, there's a ping pong table not too far away. Yeah, 100%. Great stuff from the guys there. Um, Scott? Jay Till did a great job with that interview. And again, Foster, they they could have sat there and talked for hours upon hours. So he was super generous with his time. 
Uh, great interview there. And again, that was episode 105 that was released on July 5th. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to that one in full because there'll be some nuggets that you can pull from it, even if you've heard it once, uh, to relive some of those cool stories uh, that Foster shares with the guys. And then again, get some love for our friends up at Boiling Springs in Woodward as well. Foster had a lot of great stories about road trips, and uh, we here at the YSO Podcast, we've been known to take a few road trips ourselves a few short weeks after that interview with Foster. Me, JT, Scott, all loaded up in the vehicle and went northbound on 35, headed up to Wichita, Kansas, to spend the day with the Wichita State head coach of the men's golf program there, Judd Easterling, right? So Scott had a, uh, a background in baseball, coached a few years at Wichita State back in the day. He and Judd still remained good friends, good golfing buddies. And so whenever we reached out, he said, absolutely, come on up. We'll take the day. We'll go play some golf. We can tour the facilities. You know, I'll swap some stories with you guys on the podcast. And, uh, and Coach, he, he really did. He blocked out his entire day and uh, spent the day with us. Again, toured the facilities, went and played some golf up at Crestview. I played pretty well that day from my recollection as well. Uh, so that uh, made it even more enjoyable. But Coach was full of amazing stories. And uh, there was a lot of stuff that we sat around and talked about as to what we would mix into the podcast and uh, had to cut a few things here and there just for time purposes. But one story in particular that actually predated Coach's return to Wichita State, where he played golf and was an All-American, uh, was the time that he spent out at Arizona State for a few seasons. And of course, some pretty famous golfers have come through that Sun Devil program uh, in past years. Phil Mickelson comes to mind, but uh, Coach had some really cool stories about one famous golfer as well, none other than the former world number one, John Rahm. So we'll let Coach take it away here and uh, share a few stories and recollections of his time coaching John Rahm. I want to talk about another celebrity, maybe not quite as big as Greer Jones, but, uh, you know, you, you spent some time at Arizona State, and there was a golfer there at that on, the, on that roster named John Rahm. Let's, let's hear some stories that you have about John Rahm, and, and take us through kind of, you know, his collegiate. Was he, was he good? How much did he get improved? And, and give us some good stories on Rahm. Yep, so I got hired, I think, in late July by Arizona State, and my first recruiting trip was to the U.S. Amateur at Olympia Fields in Chicago. And obviously, John was there, a, a, a guy named Max Rotliff was there, our current guys, and then obviously, I was going to recruit. And I remember walking up and seeing John hit balls on the range. First time I've ever seen this guy hit balls. I'm like, really? That's the number one ranked amateur in the world. You know, he's got that short swing, his left wrist is real bowed, and I'm like, okay. So I watch him warm up, say hi, introduce myself, and I walk with him to the first tee, and then I just see him absolutely murder a driver right down the fairway. And I'm like, okay, that's how he's the number one ranked gamer in the world. And uh, super fiery guy. But, you know, he had all the stuff you couldn't teach. Internally driven. And when he got to the facility, he, he, he wouldn't spend the most hours at the facility. But when he was there, there was no messing around. He didn't sit down and watch TV. Um, if he did anything other than golf, he would beat everybody in ping pong. He's an elite ping pong player. And him and Coach Mickelson would go back and forth about, who, you know, who was better at, at ping pong. And whatever John did, it was at an elite level. I mean, it, it really was. And it was a – he was a breath of fresh air. And when we would go to tournaments, well, we went to the Pac-12 Conference Championship at Salt Lake City. And it's what, – what would that be? Uh, April in Salt Lake. So the weather was 
not not ideal. Probably still cool, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and wind's blowing. I think it snowed a little bit, and some guys were struggling hitting cuts with the wind or whatever. And he came over there to he and he just thought it was just the dumbest thing that guys can't hit a cut or a draw, just do whatever they want with the golf ball like he could. And it was truly remarkable how good he was. He he could do anything with the golf ball in a tournament. You know that most guys are scared to do. He could hit it high with the wind, cut it low against the wind. But I mean, he was. He's truly fearless. Now, did I think he was going to be this good this quick? No, but I mean, he's he he's he really has everything. That's all the shots. Well, you Do mentioned he, you mentioned Coach. So I'll let you get in here. It's good. You mentioned yeah. Coach Mickles. Are you going to stay on the John Rom front? Yes. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was. I mean, do you still talk to him today? Do you still have a relationship with him? I we, mean, we Snapchat every now and then. Um, you know, obviously, still following him on on, right. on all his social medias. But probably my best story about John. We're in Hawaii for a really good elite event. I think it's like the John Burns Intercollegiate. We're on a par three, and the pin's back right, and we're sitting there talking about between eight and nine irons. Well, I think we finally come to the conclusion that it's just a nice, soft eight iron. So he hits it just perfectly, flushes it right in the middle of the green, 15 feet left of the pin, there's water right, and it hits on the back edge and rolls in the back bunker. So he kind of has a moment, and I let him, you know, do his thing. And so I'm, he, he's obviously our number one player, and then so he's the last to go through, and I'm going to walk on the other side of the golf course to catch our four and five guy, and I'm standing there on the tee box to watch him hit his bunker shot. Okay, he's probably the second or third best bunker player I've ever seen, just a Greer Jones, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch him get this up and down and make par and go on. He blades it in the water. Oh, no. Yep, not ideal. I think he makes six. So I texted Coach Mickelson. I was like, hey, we probably need to stay away from John for a couple holes. He's going to be <laughs> on a heater. Time, yeah. yeah. And so, but then he makes like three or four birdies in a row and he's back to being happy. I see him back on the back nine and he just casually and calm. He's like, coach, I really think it was just a nice solid nine iron back there. I was like, yep, John, you're completely right. My bad, my bad. That's you're, on yeah, me. That's on me. And, you know, he, he ended up playing fine, but it was, yeah. It Before was I give it back to JT, one last thing. I mean, did he have, Rom's known for a little bit of a temper. Did he have that at Arizona State? I mean, you kind of hit on a little bit, but I mean, was that fiery temper sure. always there? Yeah, it was. It's. We should really commend and compliment him on how better he is. I mean, it, it really? was fun. I mean, matured a lot. Yeah. Oh, he's 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 matured a lot, and I think his people and and Tim Mickelson being Tim Mickelson being one of them really coached him up on one to lose some weight. People aren't going to pay you to wear their brand. If you're overweight and stuff like that, and I, I think you, they really coached him up on controlling that and using it to to your to your advantage. But you know, I don't mind a guy that's fiery, right? To, Absolutely, I mean, to, to be honest. So, yeah, and you know, and he's never misread a putt ever. You know, it's like how did the how did the hole move there at the end? It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not his fault. Uh, well, not many people know that you know, Tim Mickelson, Phil's brother, was the longtime coach there. Any uh, how, how interactive was Phil with the program while you were at Arizona State? Uh, Phil came to town a couple times. We actually rode on his airplane back from uh, uh, the Illinois tournament in, at, at Olympia Fields because it was the same time as the BMW Championship. So we got to hop on his airplane, okay, and it was cool. Phil, Bones, uh, Pat Perez was on there. And Steve Lloyd, the former Arizona State golf coach, who's now Phil's agent. Um, so it was a great learning experience for our guys. And Phil would always come back for our fundraiser and kind of help out. And then he's now designed their new practice facility. So yeah, a great alum to have.
Great stuff from Coach there. The the stories again, uh, just that was just a tremendous day. One of the better better days of the year for us. Again, taking the road trip up to Wichita, spending the day there. Really had a lot of fun. I know Scoots. You know, Wichita's still very near and dear to his heart, uh, given the the time that he spent there. Friends he still has there, and memories. And so, man, we really did have a heck of a day. So that was a story about John Rom, not to be confused about an Oklahoma golf legend right here in this state, John Ron. So many of you will recall way back in May, or I guess late April, early May, before the PGA Championship at Southern Hills, we released several episodes in a series we called Miles of Maxwell, detailing some of the courses here in the state of Oklahoma that Mr. Maxwell designed and built in his golf architecture days way back when, right? So a lot of these courses celebrating their 100-year anniversary, give or take, um, given the age and vintage of those courses. I know my home course, Twin Hills, was one of those and uh, celebrating its 100-year anniversary next summer. But the very first interview that we did in that series, and again, this was several months in the can, uh, so it was a few months earlier that was none other than John Ron, the head pro at Hillcrest Country Club up in Bartlesville. Again, probably a course that that does qualify as a hidden gem, right? So if Boiling Springs used to be, in the words out there, I think Hillcrest may still fall into that category. But the week of the PGA Championship, we were fortunate enough to go up to Bartlesville on one of the days there, given we were based in Tulsa, relatively short drive, went up and played Hillcrest, um, almost played 36 holes, if I remember right now. John actually jumped on the cart, played a few holes with us later on in the afternoon. And, man, you want to talk about an amazing, an amazing golf course. The property, absolutely beautiful. You can walk around there for 15 minutes and say, hey, yeah, this is definitely a Maxwell. It's got the vibes. It's got the undulation. It's got the greens going on. Just, just an amazing, an amazing course. Definitely one of JT and I's favorite courses in the state of Oklahoma now. John, just like a lot of our guests in interviews, had had a ton of amazing stories, but there was one in particular that struck a chord with JT and I that we want to include on this clip show. John talking about some of the the rival clubs, if you will, or if Hillcrest did have a rivalry and kind of went back in time, if you will, to Ponca City Country Club, just a few miles down the road from Bartlesville to the west, talking about that old school rivalry, Conoco, Phillips, oil barons, the golf course is going on, a little boozing going on. And man, nothing was more Oklahoma than that conversation with John Ron there talking about great golf, some boozing, and some great golf courses in particular. And so relive this clip with us. I think you'll enjoy it. Definitely one of the more fun and enjoyable interviews that we did over the course of the year. John Ron, Hillcrest Country Club, talking about a little rivalry up in northern Oklahoma. Uh, well, we know a lot of clubs have kind of inter-club comps or simply just kind of a, have a history with other clubs. Who would you say is Hillcrest kind of rival club, whether that's in the state of Oklahoma or otherwise? Ooh, man, you know, rivals? No, we, we just get along with everyone. <laughs> uh, so I grew up in Ponca City, which is about 70 miles to the east. No, I'm sorry, west of Ponca. I'm getting, I'm turned around today. Uh, another Perry Maxwell originally designed golf course and home of Continental Oil Company. That's right. So before the merger, you know, you had Phillips 66 here in Bartlesville with Hillcrest. You had Ponca City, Perry Maxwell of Ponca City Country Club and home of Continental Oil. So they had some knockdown drag out interclubs <laughs> back in the day. That's and, pretty cool. You know, to, 
you know, my dad would always say, he goes, we would beat them when they come over here, but they would beat us because whenever we went over there, he goes, because we had rent a van or a, a bus at charter bus at the time over there, we'd play gin and drink all the way over there. And he goes, we wouldn't know what was going on until the back nine. <laughs> that's, that's bad preparation. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Bad preparation. Bad preparation or just getting some of that swing juice flowing a little bit too early. Oh, love it. Love it. Man. That, 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 that's, that summarizes Oklahoma in a nutshell right there. Right? It's a great golf, you know, great competition. Oil companies duking it out. That's good stuff, we, man. We that's, that's a fun piece of history. We would have won, but we got too drunk first. That's just love classic you know, stuff. But, but as, as far as, like, rivalry goes, you know, around here, kind of the inner clubs have, I don't want to say fallen aside, but we've been trying to get them going back to – you know, the past couple of years, obviously, 2020 was just a, well, it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Then uh, 2021, everyone, every place was so busy coming out at 2020, you know, there was never a good day. Uh, So we're trying to get inner clubs going, you know, we've got uh, a few lined up for this next year, I won't say since uh, I haven't released the golf calendar yet. (laughs) Uh, But as far as just strict rivalry goes, you know, I'm going to say Southern Hills just because of Kerry Cosby. You know, he there grew you up here. He he was – he's got ties here. His mom still lives here. And, he, you know, he's literally 50 miles down the road from us. So, I, if I have to get off the fence, I'm going to say Southern Hills. Love that. Love it. Love that answer. Oh, man, that one was a lot of fun. John Ron. One of the better interviews, one of the better better hangs, right? So the guy, I mean, just a fun hang, you know, throw a couple cold ones back, swap some stories, have a good time. Uh, he's a really good dude. And so I uh, got to meet up with him again uh, later on that week uh, at the PGA Championship as well. He was out there on the grounds of Southern Hills enjoying himself. And, uh, yeah, just an all-around good dude and a friend of the pod for sure. So now one thing I can recall that day, because that was on Thursday, of the PGA Championship whenever we got to play Hillcrest up in Bartlesville is that me, JT, 2G, Chad Ford came up for it, Scoots. We all had our phones, and we were following the action as to that opening round of the PGA Championship just down the road in Southern Hills there in Tulsa. And come to find out, we're not the only golfers that do that. So here's our man, Logie Mack, friend of the pod, been on several times now, kind of giving us an inside peek, if you will, as to what goes on while the guys are maybe in a weather delay on the KFT, getting back out on the course, this one in particular happened to be a lot of fun because we're talking about the British Open that just concluded a week earlier and uh, asking Logie Mack about his recollections of what was going down, that crazy finish there where Rory hit all the greens, had too many two-putts, Cam Smith tracks him down. But uh, uh, despite the fact that Logie was involved in an actual KFT event at the time, he found a way to follow the action still for that historic 150th Open that was being played at St. Andrews. And so so here's a snippet from that interview, episode 109, that posted on July 26th. Logie Mack, his recollections of the 2022 British Open. Well, let's talk a little British Open. I, I know it's a couple weekends ago, but still fresh on most people's minds. I know that you were playing in Springfield, um, Springfield, Illinois, uh, two weekends ago. But curious, just it was such a you know epically hyped event. Uh, obviously, had a had a finish that uh, delivered as well. Just kind of curious on 
your general thoughts on the 150th Open, and then uh, I guess more specifically, since we have to be on one side or another in this country, like were you were you riding hard for Rory? Uh, was you, uh, were you happy to see Cam win? Just uh, take us take us across the pond one more time. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a diehard golf fan, so I wanted Rory to win that just because you know it's the story. He hasn't won a major in eight years. Um, unfortunately. We ended up getting a rain delay, and and we were, well, fortunately, but unfortunately, we were able to watch the first like ten holes during the delay. Okay. Um, and then when we went back out, it was right when it started getting interesting, and Cam started making his run, and so I didn't even know really what was going on because I started playing and I was kind of focused. We got to like our fourth hole, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna grab my phone and start watching it. So I started watching it down like two of the fairways, and and we watched we watched. Uh, we watched Cam Smith get up and down on 17, which was insane, by the way. Absolutely insane. And then make birdie on 18. And at that point, I kind of flipped it off because I was like, there's no way. With how that day was going, there was no way that Rory was going to make eagle on 18. So, um, you know, I wasn't able to watch necessarily as much as I would want to. But I think the leaderboard and the course is what it is. I mean, they shot 20 under or whatever it was. Um, but just, just seeing Rory up in there at a major with, with a legit chance, um, was pretty cool. I wish he would have, would have closed it out. Not that I'm, you know, an anti Cam Smith guy, sure, but, uh, it would have been pretty cool to see Rory win the 150th open at St. Andrews. It kind of would have been a pretty, pretty cool story. So I wish that would have ended a little bit differently, but that's golf. Yep. That's golf. Just missed that on the storybook. It's very rare for the golf to deliver the storybook ending. So, uh, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a fun watch nonetheless. I, I, I wasn't sure of how much. That's hilarious that you were watching it, <laughs> walking down yes, the that's fantastic. Two, fairway of a pro event. That so, definitely uh, is a uh, a golf fan. Golf sicko right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably not supposed to say this, but I've done that a few different times where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to watch the golf. That's going on. <laughs> I love that. Dude. That's, that's awesome. fantastic. Good stuff there. Yeah, world-class golfers. They're just like just like us, right? So they, they like to follow uh, the major events and the storylines, what's going on, uh, even if it cuts into their day job a little bit. So now I really appreciate uh, Logan coming on. And again, being a friend of the pod, right? So we've had him on multiple times. Uh, great dude. Uh, definitely rooting hard for him on the KFT next year and uh, rooting for him to uh, get through there and uh, bump up to join the PGA Tour very soon as well, but a really, really good dude. And so that was a little bit of a recap of the British Open and some of the cool stuff that went on there. But but what about the major championship that we had here in Oklahoma, right? So we alluded to it earlier uh, in the clip with John Rahm, you know, the YSO crew. We spent the whole week up in Tulsa that week. Again, shout out to our man DK hooking us up with the house to crash in the entire week up there. Just one of the more memorable and enjoyable weeks uh, that I've certainly had in a long time, probably my whole adult life. You know, having the whole crew up there, walking around the grounds, kind of, kind of taking it all in, and, and we really did, uh, really did have a great time. Later on, the week after, right, we we had basically done a recap pod almost every day after each round of the PGA Championship. Posted one that night after you know JT's epic come from behind win in the playoff, Mito hitting it in the water, just all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff that happened. You know, really during the last. 90 minutes of that whole event up the road in Tulsa. But um, we took took some time off. We ended up doing a live podcast at Chalk a week later. 
to kind of preview the NCAA championships that were getting ready to take place out at Greyhawk in Scottsdale. Of course, OU, Oklahoma State, always prominent figures uh, in that event each and every year, it seems. And so, you know, while we were talking a little bit about college golf, we had an Oklahoma legend stroll into chalk. And so we had to have him on the podcast to share his thoughts of the PGA Championship. And he even chimed in and gave a little bit of preview uh, for the uh, NCAA golf that was taking place later on that week as well. And so this was all the way back in late May, episode 95 on the podcast, where the man, the myth, the legend, Eddie Radosevich, joined the podcast, chopped it up with us for a little over an hour. It was a whole lot of fun here. Eddie, again, world famous on the radio, right? So world famous on social media. If you're not following Eddie on Twitter, uh, shame on you. He's he's a great follow. Uh, But um, here was Eddie and the guy's thoughts about you know, what made Southern Hills memorable and what their takeaways were from an amazing, amazing week up there in Tulsa in late May. Fully well, agree. you know, let me ask you this, guys. You know, obviously we talked a lot. There was a lot of things to see, a lot of things to hear, a lot of things to experience. You know, what, what will you guys remember most from the week that was the 2022 PGA Championship? Uh, who's going first on this? I mean, I'll take it. Who, I doesn't, mean, who doesn't need to stall? <laughs> uh honestly it's I, the whole week i mean the here's what here's what southern hills did for me is if there's ever another probably golf tournament i will I'll, I'll go past just even a major any type of pga tournament in oklahoma i'm now gonna go to it because of southern hills because of this whole entire week that we got to have you know staying at the house playing a little bit of golf going out there just the full experience yeah, as the icing on the tape, getting to see one of my favorite golfers hold up the trophy at the end of the day, 100%. But what that whole tournament did for me, already being a sicko, I'm not going to miss out on another one that comes to Oklahoma. That's good stuff. Um, I would probably say just the convergence of the entire Oklahoma golf community for as corny as that sounds kind of coming together like you you said golf sickos right so just seeing so many different people so geeked up and hearing the you know where you're from what days you going and what's that logo you know did you see tiger yeah um and seeing so many of those people that you've either only interacted with on twitter um, that you've been longtime friends with in the, in the golf uh, world, um, and then being geeked up about it and get to share that experience. So just kind of that Southern Hills, like a big mixing bowl, I felt, and that was the thing that I had the biggest takeaway or really was trying to soak in, um, especially, you know, doing this for a couple of years now and, and making a lot of relationships out of it. I think that's probably the thing that I'll remember most. It's truly, spe- the word special gets overused, yeah. but I feel like it was a really special week. No, it was, and I think that, you know, it, it I think mine probably is like a combination of all that kind of stuff and then throw in the fact that I was able to go up there with my dad for a couple of days. And I, you know, I, I guess to like not be sentimental, but you get back to this point of that's where you grew up. Like that's playing golf with your dad or playing golf with your buddies. And I think that, you know, just being able to kind of showcase that in an Oklahoma fashion at or like, I guess, landmark of what right. Southern Hills is. It's kind of like the number one place in Oklahoma to go. And I think that uh, being able to kind of put that out there and because Oklahoma is, you know, somewhat of a state that often does get overlooked, and I know we'll get into some of the college stuff here in a second, but it just seems like that is one thing that we can take pride in is that it held up, it stood up, and 
got a pretty damn good champion out of it at the end of the week. And I think everybody can kind of look back on it and be a little bit proud of what they were able to put on because there are a bunch of Oklahoma people that were associated with that. And even like the, you know, standing in lines to get in and in the buses and everything that goes into a, you know, hosting a tournament, not just a tournament, but a major there's so much stuff that people don't think about. Oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, that's really cool that we were able to not pull it off. I don't think there was any doubt that they were going to be able to do that. But to do it and, and do it in a fashion where people are going to say, you know what, they're going to want to come back at some point, whether it be a U.S. Open or, you know, fingers crossed, God willing, how cool would it be if a Ryder Cup ever ended up? In oh, Tulsa. my God. <laughs> that, that would be, die, die, that would be uh, is, is it not on, like, some kind of short list for, like, and I know that they have that stuff scheduled for years on end, but I thought it was on, like, some type of short list as far as, like, U.S. host cities that oh, Southern Hills could dude. be into wow. that contention. Oh, my God. That would be amazing if that, that would, could be the case. That would be un. Talk about some epic blood flow. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well said. Lord Till Terrell need to play better to get invited to be on a team. But, I mean, it would be awesome to get him back up there. I think, And it would be a really cool place just for the fact that there are so many places that you can sit on the property where you can see multiple holes. Like, I think that that would be for a Ryder Cup, following around four groups at at a time, that would be perfect. Yeah, I'd love to see them coming through five, six, seven, eight over there. Yep. No, that would Let's be get good. It done. Well, Keith, as the as the host, you you don't always get included in these awesome questions, so I'll I'll throw it to you. What was your uh, thing yeah, you'll remember I, most? I, th- I think for me is the fact that eighteen dollar Michelob Ultras just taste better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you be, you damn sure better make sure that they're empty before yeah. you throw them away because you want to get your money's worth. Yeah, those things just hit different up there, man. It, it was really good. So all that all the griping and bitching about the cost of it, it's like I I would gladly pay eighteen bucks for one of those things again, man. They just they they tasted sweeter. I will say, like, at the end of the day, like, if you had the wristband and you were going through and getting a dog or a burger, like, it all paid off in the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And nobody's, I mean, I I would hope that nobody's going out there to drink 10 of those things. (laughs) If they are, they're probably getting wheeled out and not being helped up the hill anyways. (laughs) I got got close. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I had 11 on Saturday. Challenge accepted. Yeah. It was awesome, though. I, I thought it was outstanding and... You know, it, the the memories for me of just being up there and saying, yeah, I was there for that. Or, yeah. you know, I remember that roar when, you know, Pereira got to 10 under on Saturday. It's like th- those are the things that I'll be able to kind of relate to, you know, whoever wants to talk about it in 20 years. And certainly stuff that my dad was relating when he was up there in, you know, 84 or whatever it was for the uh, PGA the, the last time. 82, yeah. 82, 82. Yeah. 82, yeah. 82. Yeah. There you go. Eddie Radosevich, again, an absolute gem, Uh, an Oklahoma treasure, if there ever was one. Uh, Just a lot of fun to hang out with. Good dude, knows his sports, loves his sports, and, uh, you know, does not hold back uh, his opinions on whatever that may be. So really enjoyed having Eddie on and, uh, again, another friend of the pod, right? So just another name in a long list of amazing people that we've been able to form some friendships with over the last two years recording the YSO podcast. Very, very grateful and thankful for that. So we started things off with a J-Till boo-boo. And although we're not quite at the end of this clip show podcast, we would be remiss if we did not include the origin story of what has now become a very famous clip on the soundboard that we play every single chance we get. Again, J-Till, God love him. He just doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. But when he does, rest assured... Scott and I will be there to pounce on it. And so you'll know which one I'm talking about very early on with this one. Harken back all the way to April 
our live Masters preview at Chalk. I was unavailable. I could not make it there in person. I was down in Houston, tending to some personal things, but I did call in to give my picks, and so we pick up on this clip right after I gave my picks, and so now I'll let Jay Till and Scott take it away with their picks for the Masters before the event began, obviously, but uh, this is all the way back on episode 82, our live Masters preview from Chalk. You're going to like this one. There you have it. Cam well done. Smith. Uh, he is, he's John Rom not going to win the Masters. That's a bold statement and it's, uh, to that's be That's so who I confident. said it, this has got to be the most important one for. So, well, interesting. Let's, let's get ours out there yeah. uh, before we shut this thing down. We'll just kind of go back and forth here. Scoots, give me your low old guy. I had longer up there as well, kind of thinking it. I actually had Stuart Sink, but then I just looked that he's only 48 years old, so can't go with Stewie. Yeah, he'd be, yeah. Uh, I'll go Fred Couples. Freddie Couples is a low old guy. I tell you what, he was on a run there for a while that I would always get him in the fantasy draft that we do here at Chalk because everybody would forget that yeah. he plays well every year, and then uh, after four or five years, he finally started playing so well, but uh, great pick. I'm going to go with Mike Weir, the first lefty to ever win the Masters, uh, is my pick to be low old guy. Uh, our man, uh, Keith, totally stole Stewie Hags out from under me. I was going to have him as low am so I could have an extra rooting interest. Uh, but by, uh, by, by, by default of, of not having the same golfer, I am going to go with Kita Nakajima, uh, the uh, number one ranked amateur in the world, okay. uh, winner of the uh, Asia Pacific Amateur as low am this week. Uh, Scooch, your low am. Who you got? Aaron Jarvis taking the 19 year old. Taking the 19 year old. And isn't Jarvis the guy's name? I'm a huge Iron Man fan, so like Jarvis in the I believe so. the computer that he talks to. I believe so. so Big time rooting for Aaron Jarvis. Well, let's stick with you. Who you got as your sleeper, as we're calling it, uh, 50 to 1 odds or worse? Who you taking? I think he's 65 to 1, if I remember correctly. If I looked right, uh, it's been a minute since I've looked and I didn't write it down. But I'm going with Patrick Reed. Ooh. God, uh, that is just the putrid stuff. The guy has a green jacket. No one is talking about him. He's sneakily, I think, playing okay. But you kind of ran off Jordan Spieth's numbers sure. at Augusta. 2018, Patrick Reed won it. 2019, T36. 2020, T10. 2021, T8. There you have it. Patrick Reed. That is sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky good at Augusta. Likes Augusta. Uh, well, uh, with my sleeper, uh, I'm going to go. I've been spouting data golf stuff for quite some time. Uh this guy's 42nd in the official world golf rating. 42nd. Barely made it into the Masters. Top 50 is how he got in. 15th in the world in data golf. A 27-spot differential on how well he's actually playing versus his world golf ranking. He's won a tournament out in Hawaii this year. None other than Russell Henley. Yeah. Guy I ride hard for. He is at plus 6,500 to win. Give me... Russ. I like it. Russ Henley for my sleeper. Uh, who will not win? Uh, snake draft style. Again, Keith said it. You got to fly close to the sun here. You yeah. can't pick somebody who's obviously not going to win. You right. got to pick somebody who other people think is going to win, and you want them to play well but not play too well. 
Scotty Scheffler will not win the Masters. <laughs> the world number one. world number one will not win the Masters. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, actually, you heard it here first a couple weeks ago when I said it wouldn't yeah. happen um, after our little discussion. But uh, give me Scotty Scheffler for who will not win. Yeah. Scooter, who is your will not win? I wanted to say Victor Hovland, but I just kind of want to root for him okay. to maybe do it. So I'm going to go Kepka. Brooks Kepka will not win Green, and he's, some, and he's somebody who could definitely uh, fly close to the sun because he plays well here. Yes. Uh, Snake Draft, give us your winner of the 2022 Masters. Who's going to be slipping on that green jacket? Staying with my gut from January's pod. So you're staying true to the pod as well. Colin Morikawa will win the green jacket. T44 in 2020, T18 in 2021, trending up. Need his game to start trending up. Trending up at the Masters. Trending up at the Masters. Not, not up. currently trending up. He's third in the world, but he's 17th yes. in the data golf ranking, which means that's going to change. Well right that's going to change big time. So Morikawa putting on the green jacket come Sunday. Very good. I always let my conscience be my guide, and while this is tough to stick with. I'm going to say none other than Dustin Johnson will win the 2022 Masters. It was who I picked to win the Masters back in the preview pod. For some reason, I thought you had JT winning. I've been uh, deathly afraid that uh, I was going to get to this point and have no confidence in that pick from January. He's playing well. We are trending. Final round 63 ties the course record at Sawgrass in the yep. Players Championship. Got to the semis of the match play event yep. two years, uh, two weeks ago. Trending, trending, trending. trending. Give me like, Dustin like Johnson to uh, win the 2022 Masters and make it his really second th- green jacket. That would be a stunner. Really thought you were going to go with JT. JT is where my heart's at. Yeah. I think it's time for JT to step up, but I... I, I I didn't want to jinx him. I am going kind of reverse, kind of like I do with OU football. I can yep. bet against him, and then I'm happy either way. Uh, I'm going DJ to win. Bold predictions all around. In case, in case you've forgotten, John Rahm did not win the Masters, uh, but Scotty Scheffler did. So, yeah, ouch. And, again, obviously made the soundboard. We play it every chance we get. And, uh, again, kudos to Jay Till for being a good sport about all this stuff. So, Last clip coming up, ladies and gentlemen, and I felt it uh, uh, apropos that we end the season right where we began. So we're going to take this one all the way back to January 1st, right? So our 2022 season preview pod. This was episode 67. The guys all got together at Chad's, uh, the, the affectionately termed the love shack uh, that he and uh, Mrs. 2G uh, acquired, kind of a cool little condo uh, close to downtown Oklahoma City. New Year's Eve, we all got together, recorded the pod. Uh, beverages were consumed. Um, other 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 substances may have been consumed prior to going on the air as well. And so this one was lively. And so the parts I remember, it was really, really enjoyable. But given that we're at the end of the season, felt it uh, necessary to go back to the very first pod of the season, relive our picks for the 2022 majors, right? So who's going to win, who's not going to win, and why? And uh, I think we went a combined 0 for 16, if I'm not mistaken. You guys can check the math here after you listen to this clip. But uh, here are all the guys, New Year's Eve, around the table, recording a pod, having a good time, looking forward to the 2022 season, making their picks for the upcoming majors. Uh, Okay, well, 
let, let's get to the major championships here, boys. And so, you know, I, I think for the sake of brevity and the sake of keeping this under a three-hour podcast, because if I ask you why <laughs> I, yeah. you're choosing that golfer to win, you, you guys will expound upon that in, in great detail. But, <laughs> but give me who's going to win. Uh, and, uh, again, two words, three words. Keep it short and sweet, but let's go around the horn. Let's go. Let's go, Masters. Yeah, first, right. right. We'll break down each one of them, right? So, uh, Till, I'm going to start with you. Masters, April 2022. Who's going to be slipping on that green jacket, my friend? Uh, I'm going DJ. Going DJ. Uh, since 2018, he hadn't finished outside the top ten, outside of one missed cut, and uh, I see that uh, continuing to go. Yeah, it was more than more than two, three. Sorry, words, I was. Try, I'm trying. Like, you may have to start editing. I can't. You knew he'd have stats to get in there, but Scott, let's go with you, bud. Who's going to be slipping on the green jacket? Morikawa. Uh, Plain simple, it's his year. I like it, Chad. What about you? I'm going in no particular order. Webb Simpson, Victor Hovland, <laughs> Colin Morikawa, and I hate to say it, Brooks Kepka. Four major winners. I don't care how you slice it. Those guys win a tournament. So you're not. You're going to put them in order. That's your four that you're that's throwing the in the hat. That's the four in the pool. You, okay, you guys fair. pull them out of the hat however you want. Who are, you dissect who, it. Who are what, they again? Chad, Chad Webb Simpson, Hovland, Morikawa, and Kepka. And Kepka. So you're going to lose your bet. I am going to lose my bet. I'm. I believe him now. We'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll have to come back to that. Wow. Okay. I like it. I like Those it. are the four. Uh, Masters for me, Jordan Spieth. So, uh, yeah. a guy that's won their before, Redemption. A guy that we saw best the score, flashes Best scoring of the average of anybody so, in the yeah. uh, top yeah. 15 at the Masters. Again, familiarity is the biggest thing for that tournament. Hard to yep. pick a guy on a breakthrough there, but uh, give me Jordan Spieth. But uh, let's go. Uh, we're Bring it close to home, yes. right? And the, oh, the oh, Southern yeah. Hills. PGA, okay, I will. Southern you got to tell us who, who, who your four guys is going to win. Who's going to win this one, Chad? I do think this is like Brooks Kepka. Oh, the and this is the one. Okay. This is the one. And I bought nice passes for Southern Hills and That's all right. that. We're going to be up there. Yeah, yeah we'll be up there that. when yeah. it's there. And I'm just like, I'm going to lose my bet where I made the bet, <laughs> basically in Tulsa. <laughs> you, you, you love the, it all comes full circle. Right? I know. And it's just terrible. Yeah. I'll go next. Yeah, fire away, Because I got Bryson winning it. Oh, I like it. Brooksy Bryson showdown. That would be an awesome one. I will say that's a place that you can you can get around out there and spray it around and not get into super super deep trouble. trouble. So yeah. yeah, So I'm going Bryson's gonna win this. Not a a crazy pick there statistically. All right, Teal, what about you? I'm going Colin Morikawa. Perry Maxwell designs require elite iron play. There's nobody better in the world by a large margin than Colin Morikawa. That's his major for 2022. I like that pick, and I'm going to follow along on the same sentiment, but a different guy. Rory McIlroy. Whoa! Rory! It's going to be mid-May. It's not going to be broiling hot in Oklahoma at that time. Yeah. It might be in the 80s, right? You might get a day Could be wet. in the 90s. I'm going to go with Rory. At the Are you making weekend. an asterisk that he doesn't lead on Sunday but makes a comeback to win it on Sunday? No, he, he doesn't have as much uh, <laughs> uh, disdain in his heart. As yeah, I yeah. Till, Till loves to hate on Rory. There's no doubt about it. But I'm going to go Rory number two. So like let, let's, let's move like ahead that. to the U.S. Open. Uh, at the country club, right? So where, yeah. where's where, who's going to be lifting the trophy on this one, right? Let's start start with you, Till. So we'll mix it up here. This is where uh, I think you're wrong, Chad. I'm not gonna not gonna win that bet in May. I'm gonna win that bet in June on Father's Day because Brooks Kepka going to be hoisting Haza. hoisting the U.S. Open trophy at the country club there in Brookline. 
All right, I like it. I like it. Scott. I'm going to take Morikawa for this one. All I right, have, so Morikawa is going to be. I this have Morikawa as well. He's okay. winning his second one of the year. Of the year. So of, you're saying of, he's got. You're going to have two. Yeah. Okay. Wow. A lot of agreement here. This I got Brooks Kepka winning this one as well. Okay. This will be the one that he wow. gets. It. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's so why it's over. So it's birdies. That's yeah. that's the that's the first that's bet that's of the 2022. Yeah. Like who finishes who finishes higher? I like Judge Hammer. All right, well, let's move to the final major of the year. The Open Championship going to be special. It's going to be held at the old course this year, right? Yep. So uh, let's start with Chad on this one. I guess I guess well, it's going to be well, hard. By process right? of elimination, oh, surely I mean, you're not saying Webb Simpson's going to win the Open. So you had Webb Simpson. I had Webb Simpson at the Masters. I had okay. Brooks at the PGA, it looks like. I have Morikawa at the Open, and I'm guessing I'm taking Hovland at the British. Well, still He's, not on U.S. soil. So he has never sense. won on U.S. soil, so that's what... I'm Scotty. doubling down. Vic Hovland right here as well, oh, yeah. Betty. I'll triple down. Triple Vic down. Hovland. You should have done. You can't triple stamp and double stamp. Yes. Yeah, so you can't triple I have, stamp. I mean, it's stamp. it's written down. It's right there. There's your proof. Hovland, the open. You, oh, the, I love yes. it. At the old course. So, and we have not seen the any place of these you picks. don't have to be a good shipper. We did not go over say. this pre-pod. This we, uh, yeah, we, tried, we held our own answers close to our we chest. We held our own. Uh, so JT, Chad, and I, uh, Hovland. I, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not going to pick the same guy. that. Uh, did that you have him before? Did you then? write no, it down? No, did you no, just delete no. it? Uh, no, 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 I didn't. Um, I, I will go with John Rahm for that one. So again, I'll, I'll pick a Euro pick. Uh, on that. Again, currently the world number one, right? So yeah, we'll yeah see. how about that? It's, it's hard, hard to no, see. No, picked him. Right? Hard so to so see Rahm not winning a major in 2022. It doesn't happen. Oh, I like another but bold prediction. You just, you just have it happening on your predictions. No, no not no, Rom. I, I have, didn't have ending Rom. number one right. in the world, but I don't have him winning a major. That's what I'm saying. Like, but you just said it doesn't happen that he he's going to win one. No, no he's no, not no. going to win one. Oh, okay. He's not. He said he's oh, not yeah, going to win with you on He's that. not 100%. winning one. Like that. I like that. It's more a definitive statement. I'm with you, Chad. I'm with you too, Chad. Well, well done, sir. Again, uh, that was an absolute hoot. We had a great time recording that pod up at Two G's Love Shack. Uh, again, crazy to think that man. That was that was eight months ago. You know, so time flies. Uh, the golf season really goes by fast, and we end up here at the end of the season. We were there at the beginning of the season, and uh, you know, again, the blink of an eye. It all goes by. But, uh, again, really hope you enjoyed this clip show. Again, all these episodes were from Season 2. So, again, roughly Episode 67 all the way up to Episode 116. And so we'll take a week off. We'll recharge the batteries. We've got a little retreat, YSO retreat, coming up to where we're going to talk about some new ideas, some new formats, some new stuff that we're going to be throwing at you, hopefully, for the 2022-2023 golf season that, uh, again, Begins in roughly two weeks, so it, uh, it'll be here before we know it, ladies and gentlemen. So, for us here at the YSO Podcast, we hope you've enjoyed this clip show. Uh, again, reliving some of the best moments from the 2022 season with us. Uh, enjoy your day off. Get out there and follow us. Like, subscribe, right? So, for YSO Golf, it's at YSO Golf for both Twitter and Instagram. For us here at the Sports Pros Network, that is uh, at sports underscore pros remember that's pros with an e you can check us out on the web too at fantasysportspros.com uh for scoots it's at scotty g 21 uh and of course they have the dirty birdies thing going on as well so at dirty birdies dfs got big plans for that for season three and uh, the 2022 2023 golf season there as well so be sure to follow them and get in on the weekly dirty birdies contest whenever we get going again for the golf season down at the Sanderson. Again, just a couple weeks away. So for Jay Till, for Scooter, Scott Gers, for our man Ch uh, 2G, Chad Ford, uh, again, enjoy 
the holiday weekend. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, get out there and enjoy the walk. Thank you.